Are you using social media to promote your business? In episode 17 of Up and to the Right, we'll talk about how you can answer questions like, do you have to be on social media at all? How do you choose which social media networks are right for your business? What should you post? How often should you post? There are over 300 social media networks that vary from those with huge audiences, like Facebook, to niche-specific networks for very small and specific industries. With a little research, we'll learn to surf the social media channels to promote your business. It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Stephen Krause here with Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast where we focus on blending your passion with proven business principles and practical action that empowers you to create your unique impact. This is not a podcast about buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about proven business principles and how to apply them in your unique way. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right. All one word. At Audible, you're going to find over 180,000 titles to choose from, from your iPhone, Kindle, MP3 player, or Android. So in the news this week, I want to talk about the SBA's agenda for 2018. That's the Small Business Administration. And in the show notes, I'll have a a link to uh, the article on the SBA website that talks about what they want to do. And uh, I know it's March, but we still have a lot of the year left. So let's go ahead and talk about what their agenda is. Uh, They have five basic uh, concepts that they want to deal with for uh, 2018. The first is access to capital. And I think we can all agree that businesses that need equipment – or, or uh, some kind of startup period where they're not maybe generating revenue, but they need facilities or employees, et cetera. Uh, that kind of business is going to require some kind of capital. And uh, having increased access to that uh, would be beneficial to the economy as those businesses get off the ground. So I think that's a good, a good, uh, a good strategy for them to work on. The next thing they want to talk about is regulatory system transformation and reform. And so anything that, that they can do to responsibly adjust regulatory requirements and help small businesses navigate those difficult waters, I think that's a benefit as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Uh, tax system modernization is the next thing. And uh, I think it's pretty broadly understood. If you've been running a, a, a small business for a while, you understand that the tax system does have uh, some serious challenges for small business owners. And I think that's uh, a benefit that hopefully we'll see them working through that. The broadband access and deployment uh, is a, is the next thing that on their list. And I, I was surprised by this, to be honest with you. I um, it's, There's like over 30% of rural areas don't have access to broadband internet. Which, if you think about it, of course, it makes sense. I have uh, uh, a friend of mine that works out 
or lives out uh, north of town that um, they're on a, a satellite dish and they don't really have broadband and they only have uh, high speed for a certain number of gig per month and then they have to to go to a much lower speed. So there are still areas in the country where, um, you know, kind of the always-on broadband uh, network is, doesn't exist. And uh, bringing that to... Uh, well, the consequence to that is that the the businesses in those those areas can't rely on many of the tools that uh, a lot of us might be taking for granted. So it puts them at a disadvantage when it comes to um, using the most modern tools and techniques to run their businesses. Um, they they just simply don't have access to it. So bringing that to uh, the forefront is a, a probably a helpful thing. And then finally, they. Uh, the last thing on the uh, SBA's agenda for 2018 is growth via global markets and strengthening intellectual property. And anytime we're, we're strengthening our ability to protect intellectual property and growing uh, markets in a, in a uh, stable and, um, uh, let's say, fair way, uh, obviously, the, the more access to customers that we have as small business owners, uh, the, the, better we, the better we can build our businesses. That's my new cue sound for breaking the buzz. And this week, we're going to talk about a buzzword that I don't hate as much as the ones I might have talked about uh, in previous episodes. Uh, so the the word we're going to talk about this week is click-through rate or uh, CTR. You might see it uh, in advertisements or in uh, specifications or statistics. And the click-through rate is an internet-specific word that we use to talk about the number of clicks on a link versus the number of impressions of that link. And so you kind of get a two-for-one this week because we have to talk about what an impression is versus what a click is. Obviously, a click is when you put your mouse cursor on, on a link and click it and follow it to whatever its destination is. The impression is the, the fact that you saw the link that it showed up on your screen. So if you think of a, an advertisement on a search page, so you, you do a search for a specific uh, set of keywords and a product is advertised at the top of the search results or in the sidebar, uh, that's an impression. The fact that you saw the ad is an impression. And if you click on it, that becomes a click-through. And so the more times that people click that uh, in terms of the more people that click it, that see it, the higher your click-through rate is. So the, the, we want a click-through rate that's high because that shows that whatever we're putting on our, on our advertisement or promotion is compelling, compelling enough at least for someone to say, oh, I'm, I'm interested in that. So um, I'll go ahead and click it and check it out we get bombarded with advertisements online. There are um, many, many services that are ad supported, uh, which means that we are basically becoming almost numb to the, uh, the fact that there's advertisements everywhere on our screens. And so the next, uh, so it's very important for your ad to be compelling enough to click and the click-through rate is the measure that we use to say, well, how effective is that uh, uh, particular offer or promotion when it comes to bringing customers from wherever they saw it to wherever they could take action on it? 
which would hopefully be our website or, um, you know, so whatever our conversion is, the conversion that we're looking for. So that's click-through rate and impressions. Um, and I think uh, those are very good to keep in mind, especially if you're doing any kind of online advertising. And that cues the hitting the books. This week, I want to talk about Platform by Michael Hyatt. Um, it kind of goes along with the whole idea of, of uh, social media and uh, what we're going to do on the internet or what we're going to do on the web to promote our products. And so the book is about how do you create or build a platform or a location, a home base, if you will, uh, to drive business from or to uh, in, in the modern economy. And the book is structured or, or, or kind of focuses on three basic ideas. They focuses on how to be more visible, ways to amplify that visibility, and then uh, methods of connecting to your audience. And I think while the book is generally surrounds itself with or, or lives in the environment of the internet, um, and one of the takeaways is that they, you know, at the time of the printing that, that I read, there was a lot of, of uh, compelling arguments that you should have um, that you should own your own home base. And, and so uh, in the case of, of Michael Hyatt's platform, he has his own website where you can have, a, and he has a community that you can join and, and, and uh, work there versus using something like a Google Plus group or a, or a Facebook group um, specific to your business. Uh, and the argument being that the Facebook could take that away or Google plus could take that away at, at any time because they can change their product offering. And so you want to bring, uh, your users into your own, uh, something that you built. Um, I'm not going to debate that particular topic here, but that's kind of the premise of, of the, the book in terms of platform or location. But, um, uh, there's a lot of really good information in the book and, uh, a lot of, uh, like I said, good information about how to build visibility, how to amplify visibility, and how to connect with your audience. So I think it's a good read. For, listens, for listeners of the Up and to the Right podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can try their service and get a copy of Platform by Michael Hyatt for free. Um, now, I only advertise products that I use and can fully endorse, and I use Audible every day. Um, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that. Um, there's probably six or seven books on my iPhone right now, and uh, I'm going, uh, you know, when I go to the gym, when I'm commuting, uh, it's, you know, it's always, what, what's the next book that I can read? So sign up for your free trial and download Platform by Michael Hyatt today. All right, so the main cover, the main topic today is uh, what do we do with social media in terms of promoting for small business? And um, I want to talk about specifically four topics here and kind of just give you an overview of uh, some ways to approach this that might pull some of the daunting um, uh, aspects of the social media environment out and also allow you to be targeted. Um, it, there's kind of two sides of this. One, if you look at the, the whole aggregate number of uh, social media networks out there, you can get overwhelmed pretty quick because there are a ton of them 
And as an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, uh, you may only you may only have time to deal with you may not have time to deal with any of them, but you you might want to say, okay, I have to do something with some of them. So I'm going to go ahead and put uh, some time into uh, Facebook and Instagram, or uh, you know, Snapchat and uh, uh, Twitch or whatever. The um, but but you know, want to say we we need to know that that time is going to be well spent, and so we're going to talk about uh, do we need to be on social media at all? First of all, I mean, if there's no point, then why spend the time doing it? Uh, and and if so, how do you choose, uh, or what are some questions you can ask to start choosing a social media network? What to post and when to post it? Um, and because I I don't know about you guys, but I get um, uh, writer's block when it comes to social media. I have, uh, so I have to go through and, and, uh, specifically use some of these, uh, very tactics to, uh, get through it and create some kind of, of stuff to post. So, you know, this is very near and dear to me because social media is a challenge for, for me. And I, I hope that what I can share will make this a little bit easier for you as well. All right, so the first thing that we have to ask is, do we even want to be on social media at all? So uh, when we talked about, uh, we talked in episode 15 about the four P's of marketing. And uh, when, it, when you talk about product placement and promotion, we have to ask the question, where are our customers when they need or want our product? So, uh, and you can go back and listen to up and to the right, uh, episode 15, uh, and get a refresher on that if you haven't uh, listened to it recently. But the idea is, uh, you know, where are they going to be when they need what you offer, when they need the solution that your product brings? And if they're not going to be on social media, then maybe you don't need to be there. Maybe if, you, if you're promoting on social media and there's no reason for it, then, you know, why are you spending that time? Now, um, let's, let's back up just a little bit because I will say that social media platforms had a, have a pretty low bar to entry, uh, at least, uh, to the first order. So you have to be very careful about saying, I don't ever need to be on there. But if you can make the argument to yourself that your customers simply are not going to be using social media for business that's related to your product line, then you don't feel like you have to do anything with it. Um, and it may not be, it may not be the first or even second or third best thing that you could be doing to promote your business at all. So maybe some of your customers are on social media, but if you can do uh, more work, more good for your business by attending networking events in your area or by doing customer visits. Maybe you sell very high-end, high-value um, services and it is more effective for you to actually go visit a customer and or visit three or four customers in a day and make those connections. Maybe that results in more revenue for you than the time it would have you would have been spending dealing with a, a social media campaign. Okay, then fine. Just do what does makes the most sense for your business. Having said that, uh, if you're not sure, 
or if there's really, if there's any doubt, try some, you know, see, do some research, find out what the people in your industry do in what social media areas. One thing that I mentioned earlier uh, in the intro is that there are over 300 social media networks. So while we might not think, you might think, okay, Facebook is is not a good uh, place for uh, my business-to-business work, eh, maybe you're right. What I'll say is social media platforms have a pretty low bar to entry for the most part. And I think it would be, it's a very good idea to be selective about saying you never need to be there. But having said that, if your best bet, if your best effort is spent somewhere else, then spend it somewhere else and don't worry about it. Um, what I would say is make sure you go to the major platforms and grab the handles for your business, regardless of whether or not you ever intend to be on them. Um, you know, get your Facebook page, get your Twitter handle, uh, get, uh, you know, whatever the major networks that you feel might be uh, relevant even someday. Uh, I, I think it's a good idea to at least lock those down in case in a year from now or two years, something changes in your business. Uh, maybe you hire extra help. Now you have a little more bandwidth and now your best time is still spent visiting those customers. But now you have somebody who can say, um, uh, make Twitter announcements or do an Instagram feed or whatever. So uh, go ahead and get the handles on the platforms that you th- think might be appropriate. And uh, and then, you know, tuck them away and work on other stuff if that's, if that's the best use of your time. Um, but the bottom line here is do an analysis and say, do my customers use social media in a way where I can send them some kind of information or promotion and then they can um, take action on it or will take action on it that will benefit both them and me as a business owner. So that's thing number one is do you even need to be there in the first place? After that, you say, how do I choose which networks to be on? Now, kind of the major networks in, in my mind, so all of you who have different views of which ones are major, please, um, you know, if I forgot a major, a, a really important one, uh, email me at go.beyond at b50p.com. But, um, you know, you have Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Google+, probably as the major players uh, in the uh, social media network world. Um, But if you do a quick Google search of how to choose the best social media for my business, and actually I, I threw that in uh, uh, the resource, the resources in the show notes page, you know, as a good Google search idea, um, you will get lots and lots of resources about how to do just that. How do you choose uh, which social medias which social media networks are going to be important or valuable potentially to your business. And there's a couple of, of reasons why it might matter. Reason number one is what is the demographic of that social network versus the demographic of your ideal customer? And if your ideal customer fits the same dem- demographic as Pinterest, then it's probably a pretty good bet that being on Pinterest would be valuable for your business. Uh, The second thing that you have to look at 
is what are you willing to do? Because somebody has to make those posts. And if, if um, you can't, if you don't like working on a specific or, or are not willing to work on a specific platform or a number of platforms, um, you know, you also have to factor that in to uh, what's going to make the most sense for your business. Uh, because you can't put a square peg in a round hole. And uh, we need to make sure that we do look at both. And if you can, if you can say, okay, well, let's say Pinterest and Facebook are really good choices for my business, but I really can only choose one. And um, because I simply don't have time, I'm going to do Pinterest or I'm going to do Facebook. You just make the choice and make the choice and then test it for a while. See how it goes. Um, What if you're wrong? What's the worst that happens? Their social media campaign is not as successful as it might have been had you made different choices. But hindsight is twenty twenty. Who cares? Just do some testing, try some work, you know, try some social media work and see what happens. So don't don't get too caught up in in making the right choice. Make a the best educated choice that you can and run with it and see what works. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Just that's just data. It didn't work. Okay, we'll go back and we'll try a different one. Or we'll try a different way of engaging that particular social media network. It's all okay. So the next thing we want to talk about is, is we've, we've said, what are, they, what are used by our customers? What are we willing to use? We talked about um, some of the major networks. One thing I want to bring briefly before we go on to the next topic, um, the... The uh, during my my brief foray into trying to um, commercialize some photography that I've done, uh, which as, if you remember from uh, uh, prior episodes, um, you know I, I like to shoot fence posts, and apparently that's not a, a huge money maker. But the uh, what, what amazed me is how much the photography community. Um, often relied on itself as uh, so, so the social media networks, uh, the forums and stuff like that, where photographers would be looking for business within the photography community. And so just because someone's interested in the same thing that you are doesn't mean that they're a good candidate to be a customer. How many photographers do you think need a photographer um, for their business? And the answer is probably not very many, right? Um, so make sure that you're not just using a social media network that appeals to what you like, but turn that around and make sure that you're looking for social media networks that appeal to what your customers like, to what do your customers need, Um and that's, that's something that I think is really important is try to view it from the perspective of your customer uh, as much as possible. All right. So now we get down to what to post. And obviously this is a huge thing because if people don't, uh, once you've decided what network to post on and that you need to be on a network at all, you need to know what are you going to post. And uh, so there's... A, a lot of information out there about um, what we are about some ratios. And the first thing we're going to talk about is um, 
uh, basically kind of a 10 to 1 ratio, and then there's some other ones that kind of expand on, on that. Uh, basically, 10 valuable posts uh, or non-sales posts, if you will, per promotion. Um, and I've heard this ratio go all the way up to 20 to 1, where you have 20 valuable posts per sales promotion post, um, all the way down to about 6. I've never seen it lower than 6. Um, that doesn't mean that there's not somebody who has a formula with less than 6 that's working for them. Um, the point is, generally speaking, you're wanting to provide... Um, interesting, informative, non-sales content as a large portion of your social media program. And that's, that, that's the takeaway there. And all of the ratios that we're going to talk about below uh, or next are, are a variation on a theme when it comes to that. So um, I, I found another ratio. So 10 to 1 is a, is a good standard. If you want to go a little further than that, uh, there's an article on Rallyverse that I will go ahead and, and uh, put in the show notes as well. And it's a 30-60-10 rule where you have 36, and, and, this, um, and this is kind of a, a different breakdown of the same thing. So you have 30 posts or 30% of your posts should be content that you own. 60% of your posts should be curated, meaning you've... Uh, gleaned them from other sources, and 10% should be promotional. And, and that's this uh, what they call the golden ratio for social marketing on Rallyverse. And like I said, I'll put the, a link to this article in the show notes as well. Uh, Business.com did an article where they had uh, a, a similar kind of, of ratio where they said 50% should be curated, 30% should be owned, and 20% should be fun or personal. And that's going to depend, I think, personally on your on your brand. Um, if your brand um, can tolerate having some fun and personal stuff involved, great. If what you do is very serious, if you're maybe you're a cybersecurity firm and maybe you don't think fun and personal is going to be uh, a good way to represent your brand, uh, that's fine. I, I I'm not sure that that's. Uh, uh, and so maybe that ratio is just not not a good one for you to use. But if you look at the two, um, the first one had 60% curated, the second one had 50% curated, and then 30% uh, uh, owned. Both of them had 30% owned. One had 10% promotion and one had 20% fun and personal. Um, I kind of, in the second one, the 50, 30, 20 one, I think there's uh, some assumption that they owned content uh, that 30% includes some of your promotional content. So that's something that, that you might have to work in. But the, the takeaway here is that about half of your content can be curated. Connect your customers with other valuable tools, whatever they are. I'm going to connect you with both of these two articles. And uh, those things could be tweets or Facebook posts or whatever, that I could send out and say, hey, I found this inf interesting information on Rallyverse, and I found this interesting information on business.com, thought you might be, uh, you might find it valuable, send it out, and, uh, and, and that could be a curated post. And so you'll, um, 
you'll want to come up with a formula that works for you. But what what we found, what I think we found, and and uh, the research that I've shown done kind of bears this out. You want the majority of your posts to be value driven, value for your customers, not sales driven, not trying to bring value back to you, but value to them. You want about fifty percent, roughly, of your posts to be sharing additional information from outside your organization with your com- customers and or with your audience. Yeah, in many cases, what we're doing is we're sharing with people who aren't customers. They're just following us. They haven't bought anything from us. But we want to keep those people engaged and interested so that eventually, hopefully, when they do need our products, they go, oh, yeah, I remember beyond 50%. I'm going to give those guys a call because I need some help. So that's kind of the general rule on the on the content ratios. Uh, and the bottom line is if you're trying to constantly sell, you'll lose followers. And that's, you know, obviously we don't want to do um, anything uh, to drive folks away from us. All right. So it, let's let's talk a little bit about other things to post. Those are going to be, once you have the categories of things that you can post, then you start putting together how do you come up with 50% of your curated content? How do you come up with 30% of your owned posts, your your content that you own into uh, Twitter feed or, or Facebook feed or whatever? And how do you come up with fun and personal stuff that maybe you want to do? And um, I all I can tell you is that, that uh, I think it's going to vary from company to company. And obviously, things that you want to announce become, you know, uh, social media posts. Uh, but what do companies typically announce? New products or promotions, stuff that would fall into that 10% category, that promotion category. Um, when you pull that out and you still want to generate content, how do you come up with that information? So I'll tell you what I do. I have several Google searches that are uh, they're safe searches. And uh, so once a day or once a week, I'll get an email with a summary of stories based on a group of keywords like small business success or small business Fort Collins, Colorado, whatever it is, um, you know, I've got several of them and they, uh, so that gives me a group of headlines that I can then go check and I can say, oh, is that an interesting one that I can send out to my audience? And so that helps me do that curated portion. Um, And also, you know, you come up with, uh, you see stuff on, on, uh, on other news sources. Um, I like TechCrunch. So maybe I find something on TechCrunch and I want to send that out to my audience. So that's something you can do. Um, but basically, where do you find information about your business or about the industry that you're in? And then just remind yourself to share that. And when it comes to uh, beyond 50% internal content, what I generally do is I'll go through once or twice a week and I'll poke through articles or podcast show notes and pick out um, you know, kind of a, a, a snippet, a quotable quote, as they say, and I'll copy that and I'll paste it into a Twitter feed or a, you know, a t- one of the tools. And um, then, uh, and, and then that becomes a, a post and then it, it links back to the original content. So if it's a, a quote from an article, then it gets linked back to that article 
If it's a quote from a podcast episode, it gets linked back to that podcast episode. And um, that's how I come up with the, the content that um, we, we own in terms of our, our products. And so that brings us to what, when do you post? And the, the short answer is it depends. Um, I've got some links that will be in the show notes um, for uh, a couple of times. One thing is best times to post on social media. Uh, that can be completely daunting, to be honest with you. Uh, trying to time social media posting is, uh, unless you have somebody who's full-time working on it, uh, can be very, very intimidating and, and time-consuming. And honestly, I don't have the time and I don't even worry about it. But it's interesting information and... Uh, there's an article from Sprout Social on the best times to post that I'll, I'll send out. There's also an article from Stone Media Consulting that I'll send out about the, what's called the social media half-life, which is um, basically the time it takes on a social media network for half the viewers who are ever going to see your content to have seen it. And that's um, surprisingly short. We're talking about in, in, for most of the major networks, you're talking about a matter of hours max. And so uh, what that means is that every single post that you send out is um, going to, is only going to be quote in, in the news feeds on that social network for, you know, a little bit of time. And before you go, okay, so maybe there's no point at all because I can't compete with the people who are on uh, social media all the time. If you follow Richard Branson on LinkedIn, you're going to see what I mean. These guys are on um, social media constantly. And so there is a constant feed of information or of, of inspirational articles and all kinds of stuff coming from Richard Branson. Um, and uh, it's... I, I love it. I follow it. Like I said, I follow him, but there's, um, there's no way I can replicate that. Right. So what do we do? And, and as small business owners to, to kind of, is there any point in being involved in social media if we're not going to get seen in the feed? And the answer I think is yes, because you don't need to get seen every single time by every single eyeball. And you can um, find, it, you can have something be shared and get seen on someone else's timeline that you would never have targeted if you don't get involved. So yes, I think there's value for most businesses to be on some kind of social media network. However, having said that, my strategy is a little bit different in terms of I'm not trying to make sure that uh, everybody in my audience sees beyond 50% once a day or twice a day or four times a day on social media to keep them uh, thinking about us. The goal for us is to create valuable content that uh, creates interest and those customers might see us once a week. That audience might see us once a week and go, oh yeah, I, I, uh, I remember those guys have some interesting stuff and then they say, all right, I wonder what they've done this week. And then they click on our profile and take a look. I don't need them to see us all the time. I don't need them to see us every single day going, 
Oh, they did this today. Oh, that was a great article. I'm so glad that I follow them. Um, I think for us and for many small businesses, the key is to keep occasionally in the minds of our customers and occasionally is a, is a, you know, it's a, a completely arbitrary thing. Is it weekly? Is it daily? You know, in the case of, of some companies, they try to make sure that we see them hourly, whatever. Um, but I assume that when, when we have, when we're putting out valuable content and people are following you, they don't have to see you in their feed all the time. They have to be reminded of you often enough to think of you when they're ready to take action. And that's the key that I think we have to remember. And it may mean, I mean to some degree, it requires some faith on our part as business owners that these people are going to come to us um, and that's not always going to work, right? And that's okay. That's just, that's just part of life. Um, they're going to, sometimes they're going to, they're going to, uh, they're not going to come to us when they need us. And that's a bummer, but we don't have the resources in the most cases to, uh, constantly be in the, you know, in the forefront in this thing for social media half-life. When you start looking at those numbers, they become, uh, they, you could, they could become paralyzing if you're not careful. So what I want to leave with on that is just um, look at the, when to post is, is kind of, uh, that's a, a, something that if you have the ability and resources to deal with it, um, great. But for the most part, I think we, as small business owners, we really don't have uh, the ability to say, okay, we're going to send out this post at noon and this one at 1.37 and this post at, uh, you know, 8.35 p.m. Uh, because those are the best times to post this kind of content in this geographic area uh, related to, you know, what, what uh, our business model is. That's a lot to ask of a small business owner. And uh, so... Now, we do have some tools that we can talk about that will help us do this. All right, and the tools of the trade for this week are the Buffer app and Hootsuite. And both of these are social media management tools, which basically... um, you know, if we want to maybe a gross oversimplification is we put the post into the app and the app pushes it out to all of the other locations. Um, so, you know, and I, I'll explain what I do and uh, I'm sure that there are features and functions and analytics and all kinds of stuff that both of these apps do. And there are many more out there as well that uh, I'm not going to talk about. I'm going to talk about how I use them and uh, and why, and then, you know, if there's a better way to use it or additional ways to use it, uh, that's great. Um, but, uh, I think for the most part, I use them for the very simplest thing that they can do. And that is to create, uh, posts to multiple locations and to, to check timing. All right. So let's get into it. So the buffer app is the one that I use, like I said, and it basically allows me to create one post and schedule it for Twitter, Pinterest, uh, LinkedIn, Google+, Facebook, Facebook pages, Google+, pages, 
And uh, I think it does one or two more uh, that I don't necessarily use, uh, which is fine. Um, but, and Buffer will, if you just put the post in and you say go, Buffer will schedule it to what it thinks the best time is for the, the social media network that you've scheduled it for. So if I schedule it for four different networks, um, let's say I say, all right, Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, Facebook Pages, Google Plus Pages, and LinkedIn, which is typically what I'll do. So that's like five or six. Um, then that will set up five or six posts at different times to each of those places. So uh, the Facebook post uh, for uh, my Facebook page might uh, be a different time than the Google Plus post. And it might be a different time than the LinkedIn post. And it might be a different time than the Twitter post because uh, Buffer is trying to take all of that into account, which what is the best time to post given the number of, of queued posts that you have scheduled what is the best time to spread them out and and uh, and get them going? So that to me that is a, is a great advantage. Um, you know, I don't monitor it. I, to be honest, I don't go through and go, okay, I wonder if this post had gone out at at uh, thirty minutes later than it did if I would have gotten more hits or something like that. I don't have time to do that, so I don't worry about it. I say, okay, the buffer app can deal with the timing. Uh, spread it out as evenly as it can over the days, and I'm going to be done with that. So that's what I do. Uh, it's simple, and it covers the social media channels that I've chosen. It does not cover as many as Hootsuite, um, but I like Buffer better, and and it's completely subjective. So don't you know if you if you like Hootsuite much better, that's that's fine. It's a perfectly good tool, and I don't. I, I have used it. I just don't like it as much as Buffer. So, um, and Hootsuite's very, largely the same kind of tool. You can uh, post to several different, uh, uh, many different actually, uh, social media networks. And um, uh, and it will, you know, you can set up a post, one post to go to several of them at one time. Uh, and they have analytics and and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and I think the, there are a lot more tools like that out there. Uh, Hootsuite and Buffer are kind of the two that are generalist. There are others like TweetDeck, which obviously is centered around Twitter. Um, and, uh, you can kind of explore which ones make the most sense for you and your business. Once you've figured out what platforms you think are most appropriate for what you're doing, and then uh, go from there. So, uh, and and I've got uh, I've got a show notes link for Buffer, a show notes link for Hootsuite, and a show notes link for a, a g2crowd.com article about social media management uh, products. So, if you're interested in maybe digging through a lot more of these things, uh, you can certainly do that as well. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you enjoyed this episode of Up and to the Right, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Visit us today at beyond50percent.com. Don't forget to visit b50p.info forward slash UATTR017 to get the show notes for this episode, along with any downloads or other resources that were mentioned. 
Channel surfing on social media can be productive if you target your efforts to the networks that your customers are using. Let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. <laughs>